Welcome to Aspects of Faith, where we discuss theology for the everyday person and answer some of your theological questions. I'm your host, Chris. Hello, welcome to Aspects of Faith, and I'm your host, Chris. I just want to welcome everyone to a brand new year, and my prayer for all of you guys who are listening is that God will bless each and every one of you, that you not only grow in your faith, but you'll develop a greater love for God and for who He is. On the last episode, we discussed the definition of theology and why it is important to study theology. We also discussed who is God and what is God. And in this week's episode, I would like us to take a look at the self-sufficiency of God. So what does it mean for God to be self-sufficient? It means that God does not need anything outside himself in order for him to exist. That he has all life in himself. That he is independent of any other being. That God is an eternal being. That is nothing created him. God does not require anyone or anything to determine his existence. So what does the scripture say with regards to his self-sufficiency? Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalm 93.2 Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. Psalm 90.2 Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Isaiah 43.10 Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any after me. Revelation 1.8 I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. Psalm 102.27 But you are the same, and your years have no end. As we can clearly see from the scriptures, it shows us clearly that God not only existed prior to creation, but has always been there. When we read things like from everlasting to everlasting or from of days of old, this always talks about how God was always there from eternity past. To expand on this, R.C. Sproul says, If anything exists, then something has always existed. If there was absolutely nothing, then nothing could possibly be now because you cannot get something out of nothing. Conversely, if there is something now, then that in and of itself demonstrates that there was always something. And that which is always is, exists in and of itself. That is the one who is the power of being within himself, the living God. What R.C. Sproul is saying here is that because we exist, and because there is universe, then something has to have already existed, because you cannot get something out of nothing. There had to have been something that existed from all eternity, something that is not limited to space, or time, or matter, something that is all-powerful and all-wise, something that has all existence in and of themselves. That something is the biblical God, since the biblical God fits all these descriptions. To further explain this, A.W. Peng says, There was a time, if time it could be called, when God in the unity of his nature, though subsiding equally in three persons, dwelt all alone. In the beginning, God. There was no heaven where his glory was now particularly manifested. There was no earth to engage his attention. There was no angels to sing his praises. There was no universe to be upheld by the word of his power. There was nothing, no one, but God. And that not for a day, a year, or an age, but from everlasting. During a past eternity, God was all alone, self-contained, self-sufficient, in need of nothing. Had a universe, or angels, or humans been necessary to him in any way, they also would have been called into existence from all eternity. Creating them when he did added nothing to God essentially. 
He changes not. Malachi 3.6 Therefore, his essential glory can neither be augmented nor diminished. God is under no constraint, no obligation, no necessity to create. That he chose to do so was purely a sovereign act on his part, caused by nothing outside himself, determined by nothing but his own good pleasure. For he works all things after the counsel of his own will. Ephesians 1.11 That he did create was simply for his manifestive glory. Ultimately, what A.W. Pink is saying is that when God created the universe, it was not because he had to fulfill some need that he had, or because he was bored, but because he simply wanted to for his own pleasure. God does not need our worship or anything else. This is what it means for God to be self-sufficient, that he needs nothing, not a universe, not worship, or obedience. He does not need these things in order for him to exist. And although God commands us to obey him and worship him, this does not add or subtract from who he is. Things like worship and obedience are all for our own benefit, not because he needs it. And when I go into the topic of worship, I'll discuss this in much further detail. God's self-sufficiency can also be demonstrated within his attributes. Let's use two of them, for example. The first example I want to use is love. God did not simply become loving when he created humanity or angels, but rather his love has always existed because God has always existed. God's love is perfectly expressed eternally between the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The second example I want to use is His grace. God did not become gracious after the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, but like love, it is a part of His eternal character. God does not need us to exist for Him to be loving or gracious. It is only when He created us that He had a platform to demonstrate these things outwardly. He is always loving and always gracious from eternity past. Now, if you're sitting here thinking like, wow, this is so much to take in, or wow, this is so mind-boggling, I can't get my head around this, then this is a very good place to be in, because it not only forces us to reflect on how great our God is, but it causes us to worship God with a much greater awe. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share this with other people who you think will find this helpful. I've just started up a Facebook page for this podcast, so if you guys want updates, don't forget to follow. And in the next episode, I'll be discussing on what it means for God to be immutable. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes of Aspects of Faith. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day, and God bless.